What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear with coaches Skip Hill, Andrew Berry. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by you, the awesome people at Patreon. Thank you very much for supporting our programming. We're also brought to you by truenutrition.com. Use our code THINK. We're brought to you by Amino Asylum. Use our code THINK there. We're brought to you by Strom Sports Nutrition. And we are brought to you by supplementsource.ca. Guys, we've got a hot one tonight. We've got a hot number. We're going to talk trend. No, excuse me. Not trend. I've got drugs on the brain, I guess. We're going to talk Masteron versus Primabolin and duke it out. Which is better? Fight. And go. Who do you, let's run, let's, let's pick first. Ding, ding. Let's pick first. Who votes for well, what, what are we Primo? picking? Like what's better or yeah. Yeah, what's, what's, what's what situation? Which, which you like better, period. If you had well, to pick one, you could only have one or the other. Which do you pick? Who's uh, for Prima Bowling? our hand, though. <laughs> Who's for Prima Bowling? All right. Fine, I'll go first, okay? Yeah. Um, if I only had to pick one for the rest of my life, is what you're saying. Yep. All right. So considering that I feel that Prima Bowling has a slightly healthier profile in terms of what it does to your bloods. Okay. I'm going to pick Prima Bowling. Also considering that I'm pro- like, whether I ever get on stage again. Okay. Uh, Prima Bolin is a compound that I will probably continue to use for a very, very long time. Whereas Masteron isn't necessarily my first go-to. Whereas Primo is always, you know, it's always in, it, let's just say I keep it stocked in the medicine cabinet. Okay. Yeah. Um, it is, it is more expensive. Now that's the negative of Prima Bolin. That's what Chase and, Iron says. He says, my wallet says Masteron. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chase does. Okay. I mean, you know, if we're talking costs, you know, uh, a bottle of Masteron will run you, you know, probably about 50 bucks, whereas a bottle of Prima Bowl could run you as much as 100. Yeah. So in a milligram per milligram dose. So it's usually twice as expensive. But if cost isn't the issue, if health is more the priority and if and because it's so well, they're both applicable in so many situations. But I'm going to say Prima right. Bowl just because it sounds cooler, too. Yeah. Skip. That's such a bit as much as listen, as much as I don't. I'm not a huge, and people know this, I'm not a huge fan of Primo Bolin personally. I don't respond terribly well to it. But if you're making me pick between one or the other, now if you said, well, you can have a test base and then you can pick the other two. Oh, yeah. Then I would yeah, you can do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do well, that. I didn't yeah, know yeah. if I could change the rules. If that's the case, then, then I may do that. But I have to agree with Andrew that it is for most people. See, I have to take into consider. No, are you asking me or are you saying for most? I'm people? asking for you. What do me, you? What, yeah. Okay. If it's me, I'm not taking Primo Bolin unless I absolutely have to. I don't respond to it terribly well, but I do know that I have quite a few clients who respond very well to it. Okay. So for them, and, and I guess that makes the point that everybody is different and everybody responds differently. Um, I'm going Masteron. I, I, I would go. I would go with Masteron. I'm going Masteron, and I'm, big, and I'm specifically. I'm, I'm going with Mast E all day long. Mast E is really? my jam. Oh yeah, really? I would favor that. You know what? It's funny because um, I remember I uh, I got some. It was like a, I'd always used Mast Probe during contest prep, right? And then I got mm-hmm. this blend that was like a hundred Mast E, fifty Mast P. And I was like, oh, well, this, you know, I'm going to have to front load this to get this working because I got the long acting ester in it. This is years ago, right? 
And so I'm starting to like front load it, taking twice as much as I would have. So I was probably taking like, you know, 800 milligrams a day or a week instead of 400. <laughs> and I swear to God, like day three, I'm in the gym and I'm looking at my chest and like all these striations are freaking popping out. My neck's got veins all over it. I was like, holy shit, this is some <laughs> stuff going Wait, on why here. Would, why wouldn't you interpret that as the mass prop? I mean, uh, it probably was. It yeah, probably yeah, was. Yeah, but, yeah. Like but, in my mind, I'm here. But it was like, and you basically got 150 megs of mass prop in you. Yeah, but it was like, days. On yeah, third but, day, you're like, oh shit, I look great. But it, I'll tell you what, though, it was way. This effect was like way stronger than having popped like 100 milligrams of mass. Do you know what I'm saying? Like this was ridiculous, and it got to the point where then I started using mass D on its own all the time, and I really personally believe that mass E is so we see big differences between long acting esters and short acting ester fast acting esters and honestly man i feel like mast is almost an exception i start seeing the effects in myself sooner and i i feel like for me mast just works really good it doesn't matter which ester so i would rather bang for my buck spend like ten dollars more on 200 milligrams per milliliter versus and only have to take it twice a week than you know 100 milligrams per milliliter and have to take it all the time so that's just my personal experience and take what's, on it what's your dose what's your um if you know health not being the issue contest prep well, i obviously obviously health being the issue but like you know what's what's your go-to dose that just feels like oh i'm, I'm in the zone not nowadays honestly if i were to run a cycle it would be like three to four hundred Honestly, and at the in the past, I never thought like 300 even. I would have been like 400 or nothing. But now, like I'm good mm -hmm. with 300 and, and along with maybe like 450 test. Like to me, that would be a killer cycle. Contest prep days, 800 would have been my jam. I would have liked 800. That would have been good. So, yeah. I'm good when I, I go always got by with low from the response, but then I have to reach down to pee. I have to reach down between my legs and I have to actually squeeze my prostate to make the pee come out. It's like every time it's like a squeeze ball, like you squeeze it and then, oh. and then piss comes out and then you squeeze and you piss. And that's when I know I'm done when I can't get any more piss out. So I haven't gotten that. I haven't gotten to that stage yet. Thankfully, yeah, then I'll probably hate mast and DHTs, you know, I know that's the abrasive part. Someone's going to hit me up for that, but. You know what? I'll sleep well tonight. <laughs> if I get a laugh, it's worth it. That's all that matters to me. So, Andrew, you you're a pre, you would go with Primo personally. Um, now, let's talk about how would you dose that, say, in a contest prep? Contest prep? Um, well, I should also say that I would add Masteron in in that contest prep <laughs> ah, as well. Yes, yes. So, so I, I, I guess when I was thinking about which compound – um to pick it'd be which one would i more universally use like if i was just doing like a let's call it a summer cut i would have no yeah. problem using test and, and primable and or I'd, and i'd have no problem using test and master on either but if i was doing like a, a more of an off-season bulk i would lend I, I would tend to reach into the cabinet to grab primable and before master on usually okay um and, and in terms of doses you know I always got by with much, I think, fairly low doses of Masteron and Contest Prep and, and Primabolin. I would say 400 milligrams of each for me was kind of my sweet spot. In an off season, I like to push the Primabolin up a little higher, 600, 800, usually 800 if I'm real, you know, I'm doing some big boy stuff. Yeah. 600 if I'm like, all right, I wanna, I'm, I'm taking some gear, but I want to stay healthy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but Where's uh, the fun in and that? that 
Yeah, I know. It is one of those things that you get older and you're just like, man, is every milligram sure. taken seconds away from my final day? You know? Yeah. Um, so there is that game that constantly goes in your head. And I think obviously you guys, you guys know this, you know, um, our, our frivolousness when we were in our twenties of, oh shit, you know, up the dose, you know, like yeah. thousand migs of this thousand migs of that. No big deal. I feel great. You know? Yeah. Um, the other reason I, you know, I will say I, I do like both these compounds because neither one of them affect at least my appetite um, yeah. in one way or the other. So I think that that's a positive thing you can say about me both too. Of these compounds. Me too. Right? Like it's, and, and for me, and, it, and I always say this, but as I get older and older, eating is harder. So my decision making is also based off of what is this compound going to do to my appetite? Yeah. Um, but in terms of like, you know, I, well, I think I cover the doses, you know, 400 milligrams pre-contest because again, I'm layering that with other compounds, you know, yeah. I do like to keep my overall load, you know, under a certain number per se, or at least, you know, when I organize it in my head, I like to organize it and say, okay, I'm not abusing anything, yeah. um, except yeah. for growth hormone. But, uh, the, uh, but yeah, I'll it's just kind of like if that. you don't have a drink before three in the afternoon, you're not an alcoholic. It's kind of the same. <laughs> exactly. Thing. If I don't go exactly. over this number, I'm not a drug user or a drug abuser. Exactly. I the joke up. I screwed the joke up. I'm sorry. We know what you mean. We know what you mean. Yeah. But yeah. What about, what about you skip for dosing? I've, you know, I've taken it high. I've taken the master on higher and I honestly have pulled it back because I haven't seen, look, I, I'm, I think we all three have done this, but people listening may not. And I think it's really important. And actually it piggybacks off of the training thing that we were talking about in the other, on the other show. But if you take your, your dosing up and you don't see any difference, mm -hmm. then there's no reason to have that dosage up there. And just as quickly as you point. took it up. You can just pull it right back because I'm yeah. not going to, you know, it's funny you said that the older I get the, um, I don't want to say the more concerned, I guess I'm more concerned, but the more careful, the smarter, it's like with training, it's the same thing. It's not about just doing the gear harder. It's about doing the gear smarter. And especially, mm -hmm. I mean, I'll be 53 tomorrow. Yay for me. Yeah. Happy I birthday. Avoid birthdays, happy by the birthday. way. Yeah. I avoid them like the plague. It's like, I just mm -hmm. want it to be fry Friday already. But anyway, <laughs> I really am concerned about DHTs because I made the made the joke earlier, but I can tell within a few weeks I'll be like, yeah, that stream isn't a fire hose anymore. Damn. It's more like a really tiny paper straw. I'm not looking forward to that day because I would say that mast is one of my favorite compounds. So I'm not I'm not envying. And it, I don't usually get it oddly from mass. I will get it from stronger, quicker compounds, typically okay. orals and things like that. Um, but it depends on the, mm. you know, on the oral too. But I'm aware of it. I guess is what I'm saying. Much more so than I was when I when I was younger. And I even try to think back to when I was younger. I don't think I had those sides then, but I can notice them right away now that I'm and I'm probably just more in tune and paying more attention. Remember when I was younger, it was, you know, early nineties. I mean, I was 20 and 90. So the, the drug game or the PED game in the nineties was a whole lot different than what it is in, in the 2020s. Dude, it's, even in like day and night, even the early two thousands, like when I first tried Primo, I had avoided using it for a long time because a, it was expensive and B, you know, everybody on the message board said you had to run so much of it to get an effect. So the first time I ran it, I ran 700 milligrams. And honestly, mm -hmm. a few weeks in, I was like, you know what? 
I don't think I quite need this much. And I went to 600. And I was like, yeah, this feels just fine. And then I went to 500. And I was like, you know what? I don't feel any difference from six to five. I went to 400. And I was like, okay, I'm, I think I'm good at 400. That said, yeah. I just, I didn't find it to be a great compound for me. And interestingly, now I've run Primo since. In fact, I had a, a friend who tried some Primo and he's like, it's fake. And I was certain this Primo was real a couple of years ago. I was absolutely certain. Like I had seen, I had seen labs on it and everything. So I was like, that's it. I'm getting some, I'm trying it. I get one side effect from Primo. I get acne. I don't know why, but specifically it's the only DHT compound I will literally break out. So what happens? I take Primo and I get acne and I get shedding. My hair starts falling out fast. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm in the shower and I'm like looking at my hair looking at my hands you know it's like i see my hair coming out so yeah it was real primo because within a few weeks i started getting acne and my hair is coming out in my hands and i was like okay this is it and i stopped it again this might be more of a topic for another episode but we're and maybe skip knows because only because he's the oldest and you know started had his own forum and everything and probably saw everything that came across the forum <laughs> but where did these like these rumors because scott you mentioned like oh you need to use 800 migs of primo to see yeah. anything out of it or you need to use at least 800 milligrams of eq or it's not even worth doing the cycle where did these things come from and and, and i guess i to just answer my own question i have to guess that it's because that's what local joe Bo pro was taking and he posted about it but maybe if you guys have maybe something different maybe Skip, you yeah, yeah could, like, I'm playing. I'm doing two things at once, and I apologize. I'm trying yeah. to get this light right, and and I, then we'll anyway. answer listener questions. By the way, guys, we got a bunch of them, so we'll switch topics after this. Well, I do think that that there's some truth to that. Other, but I tell you, I really think that, um, and I've referred to it to Primo as watered down before. I just huh. think that it's it's just generally it's just really weak. Uh, and I don't know where that c came from as much as, you know, you even think about back in the day, you know, Primabone tablets were like two milligram nah. tablets. I mean, what are you yeah. going to do? Toss that's like, trash. it's not yeah, even like methylated, Skittles. right? So that, that, yeah, I was like, going to say that's like Pez just, candy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I hate to refer to a, a drug that way, but that's just to make my point. I think it makes the point. Uh, I, I just think it's water. I don't think it's very strong. I mean, if you compare it to other compounds, whether it be, you know, DECA, MPP, EQ, it just doesn't hold that bang like those other compounds do. And I know the last time I took it, I didn't take it for years. And I came across a situation similar to Scott where I knew that it was legit. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to put, and this is what I do. If I haven't taken something in a while and I don't think it's going to work very well, sometimes I will for lack of a better word, I'll pound it. I will take a much <laughs> larger dose right out of the gate so that I can either say, yes, I feel something and then pull back or why am I not feeling anything? Oh, it's going to take another couple weeks to kick in, but it never really does. Now I will say this. I, I switched compounds. I didn't just start fresh at the beginning of a cycle with Primo, but I yeah. took that dosage up so much that it should have done something it didn't. So then I thought, well, I need to rule out because I'm in this situation and I don't want to be wrong. Maybe it's not good. So I go and I go to another 
source. I hate to use that word. I looked for another word, but I couldn't come up with it. Drug dealer. Went to another source that, yeah, basically, <laughs> that that I felt, again, it was reputable and it was proven that it was good and still not same thing. And then I just literally had a whole bunch of it and I walked out on the street and gave it to the smallest guy I could find and said, just go do this and just take it and you'll get huge. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully it worked for him because it didn't work for me. But that's, that's how I came. And now I will shelf it. And I don't shelf a whole lot of I don't shelf many things, whether it be exercises or anything else, but I just refuse to come back to it. I, I never have gotten anything from it. I don't feel like I'm ever going to. And for me, there are better compounds out there. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm going to do a quick impromptu ad for True Nutrition. So, you know, as I've mentioned before, I've used True Nutrition products long before they advertised with our programming. And listen, these are still the products I use today. These are things, all these things here, these are things that I've bought with my own money. And there's there's more down here. So, you know, flat out, if I'm going to buy a supplement, I buy these things from True Nutrition. I buy them with my own money. So for what it's worth, it's not just something that we're like, taking money for an ad. These are all products that we believe in. Victoria bought this one. She uses the pea protein isolate. I prefer the Team Skip blend, but all this stuff, hydrolyzed beef collagen, I use this stuff every freaking day. So if you want to support our programming and get some great supplements, use our code THINK at True Nutrition. All right, let's get to some listener questions, guys. Pete has one in the live stream. We'll try to run through our live stream questions here because we still have our live stream people with us. Thank you guys for watching. If you guys want to join the group, by the way, uh, Think Big Bodybuilding Media on Facebook. I know Facebook isn't really a thing anymore, but it is for our group. Also, if you're new to our content, you know, subscribe on YouTube. We've got several bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week. We'd love to have you along. So Pete says, what's the max amount of HGH frag? The 500 micrograms two times a day? Is that a question? What's the max amount? Well, let me answer. Frag? The max amount is zero. Thank you. Thank Why? you, because I was thinking the same it, thing. Here's here's the thing, guys, and I don't want to throw any of the companies under the bus or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I think that people are always kind of looking for that missing holy grail. Like maybe it just hasn't been talked about enough. Maybe enough people haven't used it, whether it's HGH frag, IGF DES, IGF LR3, some of these other compounds. In my opinion, Skip mentioned shelving things. Those things are shelved, and they were shelved about 10 years ago in my book. The yep, only, I agree. The, the only peptide that I think has any real usage, well, couple peptides. Ipromorlin, I think, and, and just because I used it personally for a number of years and I saw some effects with it, um, and GHRP2 to increase your appetite. They're both very similar. They're GHRP2 analogs. Yeah. like I, Well, let's not kick out MT1 and MT2. I mean, come on now. Oh, I'm, sorry. Okay. Yeah. I'm talking for But growth. I know what you're or talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the, the growth hormone str- releasing peptides. Yes. Okay. I'm talking right. strictly for growth and anabolism in, in this, or fat loss. How about, okay. uh, how about um, MK677? shelved yeah because some people get really good appetite from it so i i don't like it i don't use it but some people are like hey i use it it helps my appetite here's the thing they use it to start to kickstart their appetite but i think nine times out of ten it crushes people's appetite because of the water they start holding and me and scott stevenson have had some numerous uh, conversations about this about maybe if someone really wanted to use it what would be the right way to use it um we we both agreed that 25 migs every other day not daily would be the right way to use it because of its yeah because yeah because of its half-life and how it's broken down um but i can tell you like the two times I used it, I became a water buffalo. And any of the clients that I used it with at that same time became yeah. water buffaloes. 
And because of that amount of water we were holding, we lost our appetites. We started to look like crap. It was almost like we were regressing while on a cycle, which to me is like the worst possible thing, right? Like you want to look better and better. You want your performance to be better and better. When you start to look worse and your performance starts to go down because you're 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 just kind of tired, you're sleepy, you're, you're waterlogged. Yeah. To me, it's like shelve the compound. It's just not worth it. So with HGH frag, the reasoning people have is so – you're not going to get the full effect of growth hormone. You're going to get the fat loss effect, right? That's that's what its benefit is supposedly supposed to be. Um, but you also aren't going to get the insulin um, insensitivity issues. Uh, that's so I've had people say to me, you know, hey, this is the reason I want to use it, and then they don't want to use real growth because they're worried about getting you know issues with insulin sensitivity. What are your thoughts there? I think if, if people would have take all the money that they'd spent on peptides over the years and invested it in real growth hormone, they would have gotten 10 times the results out of it. I, I, I just mm -hmm. think that that's the way to do it. it. When a client says like, hey, I really like HGH frag and I'm going to use it. Um, in my mind, it's like, okay, great. You keep using it. It doesn't even come into play with yeah. what I'm doing with them. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's kind of like. Yeah, I had a go, client go do that who like he had like a buddy who had a research site and he's like, I get the or he was sponsored. He's like, I get these for free. How do I? And I was like, well, you know, just you just OK. But like it wasn't even part of the plan until we got to exactly. the end, till we got to the end. And I was like, OK, how about we remove those things before the show? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You feel any different? Skip? You, no, you I mean, you just nailed it so much that I, I I love when you say something I think oh, I don't have to be a jerk about it and which isn't <laughs> implying that you are but I I come across as far more of a jerk when I say things than you guys do I the the, the comparison you made the relationship between taking that money and spending it on something else I completely agree I do know there are exceptions where people for whatever reason they may not have the ability to find a source they may have gotten something from free a friend gave it to them and anything else but honestly i just feel like you could just take your arm and wipe all of it off of the counter and, and into the trash i know that sounds bad but yes the the minor things that you're going to deal with with growth hormone whether it be insensitivity or increased blood sugar they're those are easy to counter mm -hmm. and with the price of growth hormone these days if we went back 20 i still say this i still believe this i think that the main reason that we as an industry started looking to these peptides to begin with was the inability to get quality growth hormones. Yes, yeah. And now that you can do that all day long with really good, I mean, look at the generics compared to, you know, 10 or 15 mm -hmm. years ago. They're so good that I'm looking at it going, I just don't have a reason to go to farm grade, to spend that amount of money when I'm getting such quality generics mm -hmm. for what is essentially a fraction of what the cost of farm grade is going to cost me. And yeah. then if I were to have issues with blood sugar level or, you know, insulin sensitivity, those, those things can be countered. We don't have the time to go into, you know, that right now, but I completely agree with you in the sense that if just, just go, go grow hormone or don't. And I All also right. don't think it's a game changer. That's the other thing. Uh, you know what? One more thing that I think needs to be said about this, and, and correct me if you guys feel different. No one, well, not no one. I don't like absolutes. Very, very few people beyond the slightly above, above intermediate or advanced level are using peptides. They're using no, growth, and that's it. 
So if you think pros, because for a long time people thought the pro, like it was some kind of guarded secret. Pros aren't using this. They're mm -hmm. using growth yeah. hormone. They're using things that they know work, tried and true. We yes. know what the side, that was my concern. Sides were concerned for a long time. I'm just not that big. Dappy True, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott makes a great point about <laughs> Dappy True yeah. made peptides like the hot topic from 2006 to like 2012. I admit I invested hours into oh, reading, reading the, his, his stuff study. yeah oh my god and looking into his research studies that he had pulled up and and yeah scott stevenson nails it with that one um mm -hmm. it, it's almost like he did a service but he also did a disservice he did a service yep. to the peptide companies yeah and he did a disservice <laughs> not and, and i'm not saying that he did this intentionally you know, to, to try that, to, yeah, yeah well, maybe who knows who knows i, don't I mean think i think he, he was really passionate about it and yeah. I think so too. But a lot of us wanted to I believe, think, so we're kind of at fault for I, that, you know. I think a lot of people like to think that, you know, like, oh, like the peptides are a little healthier than 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 AAS or some of the other stuff. It's like, yeah, they it's cuz they don't do anything. But yeah. that, that's my bottom line. Yeah. All right. Um maybe we aren't going to be able to do half hour shows. <laughs> Let's see what else we got here. <laughs> no kidding. Cuz we did like one question, I think, two questions. Um maybe we just run it in an hour, guys. What do you think? Sure. I'm cool. Let's yeah, go. Cool. All right. Let's see what else we got here. I'll I'll still go through our live stream questions. Um, I like that EQ question myself. All right, yeah, let's grab that one. Out. All right, he says, uh, "Love the podcast. First time catching it on Facebook Live. What's up, Jeff? Thanks for joining us, man." Question regarding EQ: Why is EQ considered more of a bulk off-season compound versus a cutting compound? I've heard it can be considered a drier compound, but also heard EQ compared to DECA. Also, can EQ help with estrogen management when running EQ test cycles, similar to how Primo Mast helps with estrogen management? Man, I've run it in a lot of contest preps. Yeah, EQ swings both ways. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Nice Peter Griffin lap. That was good. That's right. Wasn't EQ, <laughs> wasn't EQ definitely um, considered more of a contest prep drug in the yeah. 90s and maybe early 2000s ah. before mm -hmm. all these preparations of Masteron, Trend became widely available, some of these other compounds, you know? Because I mean, I guess every bodybuilder has to use what their times provide you know like we, we think about arnold's time he had access to testosterone decadrobolin maybe some parabolin here and there but it wasn't to me i think he, he had mostly access to what we would consider wet compounds and they rode those into the show yeah. whereas today i mean bodybuilders have access to every different type of ester of every different compound you can have testosterone in and out of your system in 35 minutes yeah. it's it, <laughs> it, it, it's just crazy and some of the stuff it's hard to keep up with as a coach you know because you got some people i got a guy that he he's like i only use rapid compounds you know like he'll use like all the stuff I think you've mentioned before, Scott, like uh, injectable D-ball and yeah. injectable trend hex. Something. I, can't, I can't even keep up with some of it. Call me a little bit old school because I just like my esters to be either prop or an anthate usually. You know but, what? Um, yeah. Sometimes yeah. I've had people who reach out and they want to they want to learn stuff along the way. Sure. It might be a guy who's only done two or three cycles and he's done a bunch of exotic stuff. He's never done the basics. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm like, well, if you want to learn something and you hired me then why don't we just learn some of this basic stuff and I'll probably show you more with that. You know what I'm saying? Then you then, called it what I call it. I call all that stuff exotics. Yeah. Yeah. They really are. That's they really are. It. And I mean, it doesn't mean it can't yeah. work, but I'll, I'll tell you what though, it, there, there is going to be some trial and error. There is an element. And listen, part of being old school mm -hmm. is like you've used 
particular compounds a zillion times like how many contest right. preps have you actually helped clients with like you really can't you literally can't count and why and mm -hmm. if it's worked and if you've been able to get the success you wanted then why try something else sometimes it can be beneficial but it's like well you know yeah it's it, experimenting you if are taking risks you know yeah if your athletes are already getting first place, you're bringing them into condition, you're bringing them in full. Like they're, they're looking the way they should on a bodybuilding stage. Yeah. I don't see a point to deviate from traditional tried and trues. And right. for the, I mean, I guess if I were to experiment with something, I always want to experiment on myself first because I would never want to have a client running something, put them into a show and have them, have them not look the kind of conditioning that I would want them to look. Yeah. I would want to do something on myself. But then at the same time, I don't, I will never get on stage, not peeled. So it's like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, so some of it you kind of have to estimate or you have to do like a very strict cut, um, you know, on your own planning to do all the things you would do to get on stage and not actually show up to a contest yeah. for the fear of it, not, you know, for fear of it backfiring on you. Yeah. Yeah. So EQ off season versus contest prep. I, I think it can definitely be used for both. I will say this. I do think that you can hold water on EQ. I, I have seen that. And I would say that if you were that because it being a longer ester, you have to, if you need it, if you did want to take it out, let's for whatever reason, if you did want to take it out, it's something you're going to probably want to take out earlier. Like if you're using, you know, trend ACE, you can make adjustments like a week before the show, uh, but you can't really do that with uh, something like EQ. So you'd need a month or so, you know, to really make the difference. Now I've seen a lot of talk lately. Dave Crossland and I were approached with this with EQ lowering estrogen. We've seen mm -hmm. we've That's seen this happening. Right it really is. Yeah. Have you guys had any experience with this? Um, not, I haven't. Not to mention, if you have, tell me because I have not yet seen it. Yeah, I, I got to agree with you, Skip. Because, and and now it makes me want because I keep all, all my clients' labs. It makes me want to go back through yeah. and see uh -huh. was there an actual effect. But then you also have to discount. Okay, exactly what were we running for an AI at that point? If we right. were. So there's so many variables. And what was the dosage of testosterone that we were taking also in relation True. to those other compounds? So there's like a myriad of variables. And right now I'm not convinced that in the general person, EQ has a similar effect to Primabolin or Masteron in terms of estrogen control. I'm just not convinced. It's not like when I'm setting up a plan or a cycle for somebody, that's not what's entering my mind as what's going to control estrogen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've we yeah, there's nothing significant that stands out to me that I've seen and I've only been paying attention to it for probably about the last year. I don't know how you guys deal with things like this, but when I hear something like this, the first thing I do is roll my eyes. But if I keep hearing it, then I, it's kind of like a new supplement. You hear about it in some mm. your client, a couple clients last year like it hasn't been around long enough for me to pay attention to it because if I paid attention to every single thing I heard about, I would have no time to do anything else. I would be trying to do my due diligence on every lame thing that mm -hmm. is coming out or any new thing. So yeah. I started paying attention, to it, but I don't see it. I have not yet seen it. I'm not saying that there isn't an impact, but I don't see that it's significant enough yet that I'm paying very close attention to it. So I can tell you this, I, I'm with you as far as in my own clients that I haven't seen some sort of radical shift where I had to scratch my head and said, why is estrogen so low? And I'm a bigger fan of EQ than I am of, say, DECA. So considering we have a limited pool of resources for bulking compounds, 
that means if I'm working with somebody in an off season, there's a decent, decent, decent chance they're using EQ, you know, Mm -hmm. that said, after Dave and I initially talked about this, I had a number of people reach out to me and say that they've seen it in their own blood work. Now, I'm not sure what the dosing was for all these individuals. And I know that a lot of people are trying to run like low test with another compound lately. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know either, but I have had a number of people reach out. I think you just touched on it, Scott, because I'm because I'm getting a lot of people that have been running very low test base doses and then yeah. running a much higher anabolic load with, say, EQ or nandrolones or something of, of that effect. Yeah. So that's that's where my my mind went when I started hearing that stuff. I was like, well, well, these people are just using a lot less testosterone. There's obviously less conversion yeah. to estrogen. Uh, it, whether EQ is having an effect on that. Uh, to me, it's it's not changing anything, my approach to anything, because I've always done things a certain way yeah. and they've worked and not to sound like cocky, like I have all the answers, but they've worked. I'm not going to I'm not going to radically deviate my thinking when planning cycles for people based off of um, I'm not going to call them rumors or innuendos or anything, but just. I, I, I just don't see it. Speculation. And, and it's speculative, fans. if nothing yeah. else. Yeah. Let me ask you yeah. this. How long how long have we used EQ forever and ever? Hallelujah. Why is yeah. it just now a question like, yeah, and yeah. I don't want to sound like a jerk when I say this, but what, you know, it is going to sound jerky, but what did the no. next generation just figure out something that, that we didn't look at a million times over? Like none of us would have seen this. We've been doing blood work forever for so long, well, not forever, but for a very long. Yeah. Early um, on, I, not a lot of blood work. Like, <laughs> now, one of my peers, and I would even say this, and again, at the risk of sounding like a jerk, who are the people that are saying that this is impactful and that this change is significant? If it yeah. were Dave Crossland, if somebody like one of you guys yeah. or any of my peers would say this, yeah. then I would perk I up, but that's not where I'm hearing it. I'm hearing I a client say, well, I saw this on Reddit or I saw this. On, uh. and, and even with clients who may say this or think this or say that they heard this, I am questioning again, without sounding like a jerk, what their background is and how much blood work have you seen? How many people have you mm. seen to relate this? To it? I just, mm, it's still out I there. Agree. Correlation versus causation. I just don't, I don't, mm, I don't see it. I think yeah. a lot of it's correlation, more. but I could be wrong. Six months, I could st- sit here and go, you know what? Okay, six months ago, the day before I turned fifty-three, I was a dumbass. Until I turned fifty-three, I didn't know better, so well, I changed my position. I don't think it's it's not being a dumbass because I mean, obviously, Skip, you have a wealth of experience, and you have more experience than both me and Scott in terms of years of working with yourself and with other people. And if it hasn't stuck out to you, it hasn't yeah. stuck out to Scott, hasn't stuck out to me as a significant factor. Um, and, and we've seen thousands of people, like, right? We, we've mm-hmm. probably seen thousands of labs over the years, yeah. collectively between us. It doesn't yep. stand out as something that is something we should be paying attention or changing our approach about. Yeah, that's true. Let's just say I missed it on clients, hundreds and hundreds of clients. I damn sure wouldn't have missed it on myself. Done enough EQ that I should be going. <laughs> that <was laughs> that's my, what I'm saying. We, we, we all said in one of the previous episodes how much we love it. EQ, whether it's yeah. bulking or even in contest prep, we do our labs religiously. It would have stuck out to us as like, oh, shoot, we crashed our estrogen. Like that would have been a red flag to us because we would have started thinking, sure. why is my estrogen sitting in the teens right now? You know, yeah. now I haven't run BPC orally. 
And this is something that came up recently, but I want to turn to you guys, see if you have any experience with it. Nevin had asked us, BPC 157 for oral administration. Are doses the same as injectable? And can you just drink the injectable peptide? It's for gut issues. So I can't answer this myself. I don't okay. know. I can speculate, but like, because BPC is produced in, in the intestines, right? Yeah. Um, but it's also a peptide. So in my mind, peptides, when they hit the digestive system, can get broken down to individual amino acids and individual components. So how much of it is staying intact and passing through and getting to where you want it to right. go? That's, that's my first yeah. question. Secondarily, injectable is, in my mind, a much easier and efficient way to take something. Um, you know, it's, it's intact. You're putting it into your bloodstream. It's getting throughout. It's, it's instantly becoming systemic to your whole body within minutes and it's exerting its effects. And so I, I, I guess I'm questioning why, why would someone want to drink it? Because I have heard this before and I've had some people ask me about it. I, I would imagine you would have to drink higher doses than you would have to inject to get the same benefits. Yeah, I'm looking at some oral right now. It's like 500 micrograms. And they've funny, I was in. looking at the same. Oh, no, not that kind of oral. Skip. Things, okay. Yeah, not that kind of oral. <laughs> I'm going to close this browser out real quick. Careful for the pop ups. Watch the pop ups. <laughs> yeah, so that yeah, I'm seeing like around 500. Oh, here's one for 100 micrograms. But who knows? It's not like, you know, you're, you're going to get everything across I'm the board. I'm seeing the nasal um, a yeah. lot. Uh, yeah. I have a client you know, that used MT1, that. MT2. I had a client that used the, the nasal BPC, um, and he had shoulder issues. And he said it is shoulder, like they were out of the injectable at Amino Asylum. So he got the oral, or he got the nasal, and he said that he, he got benefit from it. Victoria had said, yeah, I don't know about that. Because, I mean, yeah. she was like, putting it that close to your brain. She was like, I just don't know. I I, 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 I try it. So I don't think that? I'd be scared of putting BPC in close to my brain. But some of the other, like melanotan, I probably, I mean, I know it acts on the brain. But just a whopping dose like that so close to the bloodstream that goes to your brain, I don't know if I would do that. Yeah, I don't know either. Let me see what else we got here. We had a bunch of good questions from YouTube. Um where was that insulin question? I'll see if I might grab it. I might not. Let's see what let's see what this is. Pre workout versus po -work, post workout, right? Yeah, Reza. Yeah. He's always got a bunch of good questions for us. He says, um, "I'm curious to know everyone's preferences on taking fast acting insulin pre or post workout. Personally, I like taking it post workout, but a lot of guys I speak to prefer pre. What do you all like?" Just let me go first so that I don't follow Andrew and agree with him. I'm going to okay. make sounds him agree good. with him. Actually, good. I don't think, if I'm not mistaken, I think this we're gonna time disagree. you won't agree with me. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Ooh. I am pre, and Scott, I think you're post, right? Scott was later, to because we, we, are, we were finishing, and that's a little bit behind on our stream. But I just wanted to add, he did say BPC has been used orally in several studies to treat GI. So we could tell Nevin that he could also try to find those studies and maybe see what kind of dosing they used there. And if well, he Scott does, probably knows the dosing. If he does, message me. Scott probably knows the dosing off the top of his head. Yeah, don't make him look it yeah. up, though. Don't look it up, Scott. You don't have to look it up for us. <laughs> so anyway, because he's got it on his head. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, insulin. Uh, I'm pre. I'm definitely pre. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, you're post, right? So Scott is going to have to I'm, break the tie here. No. You're not It's going to get real boring real quick here, guys. Oh, I thought you <laughs> yeah. were. I just, no. I'm sorry. Oh, no. 
Skip wasn't around for that episode, was he, Scott? No, we that we, was a good episode too. We got a ton of views on it because Skip I still wasn't get around. Questions about it. That episode has done me a lot of favors because I literally just say, "Here's the protocol I want you to do," and I send that episode. Yeah, yeah. Like nice. that episode clients, was so good, man. We like we broke it down. We literally just broke it down. So maybe I should Different like carb sources. If oh, I remember, break it down for me, fellas. If I remember, I'll put a card up here on YouTube. I'm not going to remember. You, you can find it. Anyway, so if I'm free, no, I, what are you? Intra. Intra. Oh well. Okay, Wait, you so take insulin intra workout? Maybe we're talking the same day. Same like thing. you do a curl and then you take a couple of units and then you do a curl and you take a couple <laughs> of units. Is that what you do? Do you want me to rehash the whole thing? No. So, okay, when you say pre, are you talking your pre-workout meal? Or are you talking right before you walk into the gym, Skip? Right before I walk into the gym. So we're, we might be oh, talking shit, about then we agree. Thing. I'm talking like then we agree literally 100%. minutes before your warm-up sets. Yeah, yeah okay. we, we, we agree. To, to rehash okay. Then maybe protocol, I should okay. I should call it intra then because you're probably right. It is more intra than pre because okay. people could think. Well, Actually, funny you say that because I had a client do that. Oh, man. Took it with his pre. Couldn't figure out why he was hypo when he started training and i just thought to myself oh that that's just kind of a big mistake but then i thought oh my goodness if i was crystal clear there wouldn't have been any confusion there and i thought i was but i yeah. wasn't so go ahead dude you've pointed that out to me before when i was like oh this client of mine did this thing and you're like well it was really your fault because you didn't communicate yeah. it properly yeah, I know. So I like, was and like, I was like, damn, you son of a, and you were right. You, you were right. You know, yeah. 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 Do as I say, not as I do. But anyway, to rehash, here's, here's my protocol. Okay. You eat your pre-workout meal. Yes. About an hour and a half or 40, an hour and a half to 45 minutes before, depending on your digestion and what you're eating, et cetera. Right. You bring your insulin to the gym. You take your insulin and you meet you know, in the bathroom or, you know, in your car, don't do it in the gym. There, a gym I went to recently, they have signs everywhere telling you people not to take their insulin and GH on the gym floor. It says insulin and that. GH. It says drugs, but I okay. I know exactly what I, I'll say off air the situation that it was and who it was. It's a very no, well known body. Why is it going to be anyway? Off air? Come on, no, because I'm, not, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm no, joking. I'm yeah, not, you can't I'm throw not. somebody under the bus. Yeah, I think that's cool. I get what you're saying. Don't I'm worry, guys. I'll leave that. it yeah, recording. I'm... I won't tell. I won't tell. Him. I'll just keep recording. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. I'll get, I'll get that I'm, to I'm you. Not, no, we're not live. We're not live. <laughs> I'm not going to out a bodybuilder unless he talks about it himself. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you take your insulin, whatever dose that might be, based off your calculations. You start drinking your intra. I want someone to be drinking 20 to 25% of their intra workout while they're doing their prehab, they're stretching, they're foam rolling, while they're doing their warm-up sets so that they have 20 to 25% of it done by the time they hit their first <laughs> working set. Okay? Scott knows who it was. <laughs> Scott Stevenson. <laughs> Before they hit their first working set. Okay? So you got 25. And the reason why we're doing that is to make sure that you do not go hypo during your training session. Right? That's the worst thing when you have to pause what you're doing. You got to, like, go and sit for a minute, eat some candy, drink your intro faster etc so yeah. i think if you get a little bit ahead of the game by getting 25 percent down the hatch before you start your actual working set you're good and then just keep sipping it like you're drinking your regular beverages while you train and have it done by the time you are starting your last exercise i think that's the best way to get it in it ensures you don't go hypo and ensures you get the benefits out of it you know what i used to do that religiously that would be exactly what i did and if i was like still really splitting hairs that's what i would do but now i will take it with the pre-workout meal and i will use like a humulin r 
which is going to be fast, but not as That's fast different. as Humalog. Uh, so, yeah. So let me let me stipulate because I'm talking about rapids. Let yeah, that's what rapids. I was. Okay. Humalog, that, and I figured you were. Humalog, Bios, or um, Apidra. And there's I figured, a new one out now, too. I figured that's that, what actually. you meant. So I would use that, yeah. you know, Humalinar, and I'd do it, you know, an hour before training. Right when I finish that meal, probably 45 minutes before training, take the insulin and then make sure I get on that shake once I get there and I start training and I figure, well, it starts working in a half hour or whatever. And then it's going to be in my system for hours anyway. So like I'm covered kind of. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like with that, I've been like, eh, I just let it go. I used to, if I didn't get it absolutely perfect and I used to run more insulin, then I would end up going hypo and like, I, mm -hmm. and I'm somebody who tends to go hypo anyway, like regardless, I just, I'm somebody seen you on the all show. my life. Yeah. All my life, man. We've, I've always seen you on the show. I've always gotten low blood sugar and add insulin into the mix in hard training. And there's been times, there was literally a time training with Shelby and Bill Toko. I was like, I got to go. And I went next door and they had donuts and I bought a donut and I ate it and came back and finished the workout. What's so the lowest good. you guys have been intra workout? I didn't even have a glucose monitor at the time. This is before okay. I used glucose oh. monitor. So one thing I always tell all clients to, okay, bring a, like keep a glucometer with you, make sure it works, make sure you know how to use it. If you do feel hypo, I want people to test themselves so they can start to associate what that level of hypo and what that number is uh, on the meter. Because a there's idea. a big difference between 68 and 28, okay? Uh, yeah. And as someone that's been both and all those in between at times with rapid experimentation that I do, um, 28, you feel like you're about one step away from falling asleep and just just collapsing. Okay, and, and it's dangerous. Okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are, you are. And I remember, and I probably told you guys this before, but I did that um, during a prep where I was I was still using some intra workout insulin with no intra carbs. Okay, Ooh, wow. and I was. Here's why. Okay, I'm an experimenter, and I only do this on myself, but I also safety guard myself to make sure you know nothing bad happens. And I tell Rachel what I'm doing, etc. But I was doing this because I was on a zero carb diet, and because we were really pushing to get the fat off, like my body just was not responding. John wanted me to pull the insulin. I was like, um, I'm going to cut it in half. I'm going to still see what I can do because we had pulled the intracarbs. Yeah. And I, and my thought process was I was going to take any of the circulating glucose in my bloodstream and throw it back into my muscles. Okay. And have better workouts out of it. And maybe I was right. Maybe I was wrong, <laughs> but my blood sugar dropped to like 28 one day, like third day of doing this. Oh God. And I called John and I was like, I'm like, John, like, I don't want to cheat on my diet. Like I, I, like I'm about ready to pass out. I really think I should have like a few sips of like a Gatorade or something. And you could hear he was eating something and he like spit out whatever he was eating. He's like 28. He's like, go, go get a Coke right now. Go drink a, a regular soda, like yeah. maybe two of them even like yeah. them real quick. And so I did, but I, you know, I, I would say that's probably the only time I've ever cheated on a diet, but I think that, you know, medically it, it made sense to do that because who well, knows you know, and I mean, it, it didn't, you didn't recover like within a minute. It's still oh, no. even when you slam your system, it, people need to know this. If you it, for listeners who don't know, it doesn't you don't recover quickly like you're still not in a good you're spot shocked. when yeah. you're low and you're shoveling in food or drink. It still takes time before it can get into your bloodstream and start to bring those numbers up. It's not as as fast as you think it is. Yeah. And I will say this, too, with the glucose monitor is 
like be practiced with it because if you are yeah. going hypo, it's not the time to learn how to use it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's a good point. I, I'm not good with it when I when I start going hypo. I'm like, yeah, screw it. I just need to eat something right now. I don't care what my blood sugar is. Just go. Well, in the off season, if I'm if I'm feeling that way, yeah, I'm just going to eat something. I don't care what I'm eating. You know, sure, sure. if it's a pre contest yeah. diet, I'm very, you know, it was it was one soda, and then I tracked my blood sugar every ten minutes to watch it go up yeah. until I got to an acceptable number, and then I went home and or I think Rachel drove me home, and I had my chicken and, and spinach for my post workout meal because that's where I was in that diet, and then I just monitored the rest of the night to make sure. But I'll tell you what, it hits you like. It hits you like a hangover in a sense. Like oh, even yeah. once you get your blood sugar back to normal, like you are lethargic and you are beat up. Like you, like you just did a three hour workout, and it, it's it's not something you want to mess around with. So you obviously, you know, cover yourself with carbs. Make sure you're not overdoing insulin, and have a glucometer so you can test yourself and associate what level is is, is what kind of danger. You guys, and the hunger is uncontrollable. Yeah, mm-hmm. you guys. Jeff says like, you. Thanks so much. Learning so much from you guys. He had the EQ question. He said, P.S. Uh, my EQ uh, estrogen Reddit. question or originated from uh, reading it on Reddit. <laughs> yeah. Reddit's right. a great tool in some senses, but in other sense, like, because I see people comment on like on drug forums on there and then you look at them and they have a profile picture and it's like a teenage kid with like yep. 13 inch arms. And yeah. I'm like, dude, you were just trying to break down the science of Trenbolone and telling someone exactly how to use it and how much they should be used like no okay yeah yeah here's the internet world message boards are outdated but we're gonna go with reddit now <laughs> yeah i know everybody's established yeah. their reputations and everything on the boards and everything and we know who to trust and who not to but now we're just gonna open it up to 20 times as many people and you just don't have to know what you're talking about it scares the <laughs> crap out of me that's why i haven't gone there yeah yeah. All right. So Brian Robert says, um, uh, question for either BSG or it's just bodybuilding. Can you guys actually go out in public without being um, cornered, interrogated about your training and diet from the average Joe every time? I have just a little muscle and every gas station attendant in town tells me their crackpot theories on diet and training. Of course, at the gym, it's expected to get into a long conversation you don't care about when an average Joe tells you their life story. Got me thinking that this must be super annoying when you actually are a mass monster walking amongst the general public. Guys, tell me, what does it feel like to be a mass monster walking through the general public? Skip! I missed the mass monster comment at first because I did respond with a typed response to that post on on the page. And I said that I would like to get into this on the, or explain my position on the podcast, but that I would ruffle, ruffle some feathers. So the reason I wanted to do it on here is because I want the way that I convey the message to be understood. And then that way, if you think I'm a jerk, then you're right yeah you're yeah you 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 didn't misunderstand him you didn't misunderstand but i I missed the mass monster part because i'm not a mass monster and at no point have i been a mass monster the only time i really would stand out was in the early 2000s if i was getting ready for show i would stand out a little bit more but i'm not sure standing out like i was before but i will say this and i hope because i was going to clear this with you guys before we started and i forgot yeah because I don't want to offend you guys. I don't want to offend any listeners either. 
uh, or the you know Brian for asking the the question. But I'm just going to be be honest with this, and I hope that this comes across the way that I want it to come across. I said that I don't deal with this anymore, but I think that I don't deal with this anymore because I don't carry myself like a bodybuilder out in public. I'm not in like a tank and I'm, I don't know if they are either, but I'm just saying I'm not in a tank top. I'm in normal clothes. I'm in sandals. I'm chill. I don't walk or carry myself like a bodybuilder, which again is not to imply that they do. But what I'm saying is I don't look like I'm approachable, like, Oh, this guy just, you know, tears it up in the gym and, and he's so big and everything. I don't get that. I get conversation about regular stuff every now and then. I'll get I walk asked, around but it's like this. Not common. Yeah, all yeah. puffed out. Well, wait, wait. Let me ask something. Let me ask something because has there been a progression over time where maybe in your teens and your young twenties you you wore the tank tops when you're out? You're like, man, if someone notices me, that's going to be a real ego kick. You know, like that's really going to pop me up. And as you gotten older and older, no you actually kind of want to hide. The yeah. fact that you're a bodybuilder because you kind of sure. want to just be assimilated into society and be taken mm -hmm. as a normal person and have normal conversations because we have this thing of bodybuilding that takes up already so much of our lives. I mean, for us, even more being coaches, having a podcast, etc. Like I can just say for myself, but I also think you guys would agree that you kind of just try to like hot, like if, if if you're jacked and you're in your lean and you're in your case, get really tan. Do you kind of like try to hide your physique when you go out in public? You're wearing hoodies, you're wearing full sleeves, you're yeah. not trying to show your veins and all that kind of stuff. You're really just trying to blend in and be taken like a seriously like a normal person in a sense. Not that bodybuilders can't be taken seriously, but there always has kind of been that stigma of dumb bodybuilder. He just cares about how he looks. He's not an intellectual, intelligent person. And in my mind, I've always kind of, as I gotten older, definitely tried to hide that. And and for me, it's always been like, okay, I want to show myself on stage yeah. and in the gym, like even in the gym, nine times out of 99 times out of 100, it's a long sleeve shirt or a hoodie yeah. covering up what I'm looking like almost all the time. Right. Yep. I'm surprised and anymore when somebody says I'm big. <laughs> I'm surprised when somebody, because like I haven't been able to train really hard since I had gotten sick. I'm not like, I'm not pushing. I'm not eating a ton. I'm not all geared up. And if somebody, if I go to the gym and somebody's like, man, you're looking really good. You're looking big. I'm like, oh, I'm surprised at this point. Like, I don't see myself as that. But I do remember when I worked for the pop company getting questions literally constantly, especially like getting ready for a show and I'm wearing shorts and my legs were all veiny. Every single day, somebody would say something or somebody would comment or someone would say, how do you get calves like that? Or, you know, <laughs> somebody would yell down the aisle. How do you, how much trend do you, you take? Big guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Always the big guy. And the worst part is when they're like, hey, why don't you move that for us? Because you're yeah. big and strong. <laughs> you can easily yeah. do that, you know? Do, do, here's what I find I need more and more fair. now. It does. It has happened. I just I will say that it does, but it doesn't happen very often. I told you guys a story about the guy in the car when I was doing my walk, and he circled back around. He was honking at me. I thought I knew him, and he called me over to the car, literally in like traffic. Yeah. I, get, I start to work over the car, and he asked me where to get gear. You're kidding me. And I, Is I'm he not, a cop. I, I could. I'm like I just walked all the way over here, and he goes, "Well, I just want to know where." I said, I'm the last person you want to be asking about that. I'm a DEA agent. Did you say that? <laughs> yeah. He turned around and he drove off. And I Yo, thought to myself, is that impersonating? A, and I, I wasn't doing it to my benefit. I was doing it to get out of the situation. So I feel I think like in a situation like that, I'm okay. It's, 
If you were, I, he would have known one. you from work, Skip, I think. It'd what, like, what's nah, even funnier, I though? haven't seen you around the water cooler. <laughs> I, I had an ATF. Guys, I had an ATF client uh, years ago, right? And he used to have to go into Washington, D.C. for conferences and whatnot. And yeah. he has a rental car and he shows up one day. And this guy, like, obviously a gang member shows up and is like, yo, you looking for some guns? He's like, I got Mac 10s. I've got fucking Glocks. I've got this. I've got that. And he's like, bro, he's like, he pulls out his badge. He's like, are you kidding me right now? He's like, if I had backup, you would be on the ground kissing the friggin' pavement. He's like, but but he didn't get involved with it because the guy's got like six guns on him at the time. He didn't know if they were loaded. He's like, get the hell out of here, which is like, like, right? Like that's very similar situation. But um, let me know if you guys get this one. All right, because people know you're a coach or people know you're a bodybuilder. Sometimes if they even don't know that you're a coach, right? They, <laughs> in the, they're in the sport. They can tell you're in the sport. They want to tell you about their diet. So my meal one, I have six egg whites and two whole eggs and a half yeah. cup of oats. And then meal two, I have chi- It's like, oh, you have chicken breast again? Oh, wow. Like, like for some reason, bodybuilders and com- fit, I, I will say it is more the females. They like to tell you exactly how many carbs they're eating or how much this or that, how much cardio they're doing in their prep. It's like, yeah, you're just doing what your coach is having you do to get in shape. Like, that's awesome. You know? Yeah. But like they, mm-hmm. they want to, they're like, oh no, no. But then after that, after my workout, I have six gummy bears and then I have my rice and then I have my protein. Ah, it's like, yeah, that's yeah. great. I get it. That's wonderful. Like, I don't care. You eat food, mm-hmm. but just like the rest of us, you know, that's yeah. what I get more than anything is, 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 is those comments, questions and, and conversations, which you just kind of stand there politely, roll your eyes and like, yeah, okay, great. You yeah. Know? But I do think too, in their defense, it's an attempt to bond. Yeah. Like if they know a little bit about it, they do. It is. Just I think a, it's more it's self-centered to be like, ah, uh, yeah. You I think so? Okay. I, All right. I think it's a hundred percent more self-centeredness. And that's why like, Okay, I'll give you an example. I met a listener or I had a conversation with one of our listeners today at the gym. And like, you know, we were talking about what I do, you know, as a coach and bodybuilding, all my, you know, and I, and I, I made sure to like stop the conversation because I was just done talking about myself. To be yeah. like, well, what do you do? You know, like, like what, you know, it, outside of bodybuilding, I could care less about his bodybuilding goals or about, I wanted to know what his career was, what his job was, you know, and not the fact, not to mention the fact that guy had lost like 150 pounds to, no to get to his present state, which was, yeah, pretty amazing transformation. Hell yeah. which and he listens to, to us, huh? He listens to us. Yep. Big shout out to Boris. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. Shout out to Boris. Freaking hundred pounds, like, man. You know, it's crazy. But like as as bodybuilders, like we kind of get into these like conversations. Oh, and then I have chicken, and then I've right. Oh, I like to train chest on after I train my legs because I need a day off. It's like yeah, we know every scenario. That's great. Yeah. Let's talk about more cerebral stuff. You know what I mean? And, and I, I find myself always wanting to have those kind of conversations with people versus like, you know, what'd you do to get your back so big? It's like well that's a genetic body part i didn't really do much for it you know that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah not that i have a huge back and i don't get the back comment all right let's see what else we got here see if we can maybe wrap this up with uh one more good one here let's see we have that question about delts i know skip wants to take that one uh, chase had a good one chase had a good one where's chase is it yeah what's the highest what's oh, the most yeah, yeah, yeah. you've I'm, seen a guy use in a day i missed that one is it and is it john john meadows um oh it's definitely done that was, <laughs> I mean, was a lot of growth on. man there's a lot of growth all yeah. right so all right I, I don't i really i don't think he would be upset with me saying this you know i really don't think because he's i think he's even talked about it on podcasts before or all of his friends know because his friends knew the stuff that he did but um a 36 unit bottle of um we told the story before was trope did so he tell too, it yeah. you what did he, i think he was no, i think you, he did because i heard really, you tell it we did you did 
Yeah. Okay. That's All the right. reason I mentioned it. We went live. No, it was on the show because okay. we had people who I were like, "It was on the show." Too, we was with yeah. it was with with vigorous Steve because we we're talking about GH. I think loading. you're right. Yeah. So yeah, you're okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah. So 36 units of uh, of, of farm grade GH in in a day. Whew. Yeah. The most I've done is 16, but but I was doing that for about 40 40 50 days straight in a row, which was quite expensive. But it, the the dramatic gains to my physique were unrivaled to anything I've ever done like wow. anything i've ever done and you've you've said you are a good responder to growth you, you knew that so let me yeah. let me ask you then if it, if it was if it was that good of a response why didn't you repeat it because i'm not a millionaire <laughs> it was it was free money Cause, right because i've, I mean, cause I've got two mortgages <laughs> yeah okay and, and i figured as much but that's i just wanted to make sure that that was okay the only was reason something else that you came across Okay. No, yeah. The only reason, the only reason, well, all right, let me also say this because I'm onto this theory and I'm using, I'm having a lot of my guys lower their growth hormone in the off season and really blast it during the pre-contest phase. And my reasoning is I, I'm starting to really think that the reason that we're saying that the guys that get on stage today are not as conditioned is because of the year round high amounts of growth hormone that you're using, that they're mm. using. So in the off season, calories are being blasted. Yeah. Growth hormones being blasted. And I think we're laying down collagen. I think we are yeah. thickening yeah. the skin slightly because we know these guys are in shape. Like every pro that was on stage at the, in the open this weekend was in shape. Absolutely. This wasn't a great show, but. But let's talk about maybe um, last year's Olympia, how some people were trying to say, look, these guys aren't in shape compared to the guys in the 90s or the guys in the 2000s, et cetera. And and I'm like, no, these guys are every bit is in shape. There's something that's different, whether it's the enhanced cameras that we're using that are picking up (laughs) maybe just a little bit of thickness that, that their skin has. Or I don't know exactly, but I do think that the high growth hormone year round is contributing to that. Yeah. And I, and I and so that's one of the reasons I'm kind of experimenting. I've been doing this with some people over the last year, keeping their growth hormone to like two units, five days a week yep. and just using it for a slight recovery benefit. And then we're using it around, you know, we're really picking it up around 10 or eight weeks out and using more like eight, eight units. Now, the guys like this. Be, well. Some guys like it, some guys don't. Sometimes they don't like it because they're like, well, I don't look as full or I don't look as round all the time, but they do like it because of their wallet. It's, it's, it's help, helping the wallets out. And they are seeing a more dramatic effect when we do add it in at a higher dose later on in the prep. How about you, Skip? I can't, but if, I can't beat 16. But you don't know anybody? I mean, I, you don't know anybody who's used more than 16? No, I mean, as soon as, look. As soon as I heard the John story, I'm like, well, that pretty much takes the cake. And I don't know that I'm going to hear anything any higher than that. Maybe. Dave Crossland. I, I was really impressed with that. Crossland took oh, is his. that right? Dave, well, he didn't beat that, not in one day. But Crossland, and he said it on the show. Like, when after he did under construction, he took the money he made, and he began preparing to make under construction the film, too. And he mm-hmm. ran human grade, farm grade growth at 24 units a day long term. And wow. he said it was incredibly uncomfortable that, that and that oh, was about the time it. it was about the time that I met him. And he said, like, it was awful. Like, he just wanted to nap constantly. The GH was like making him tired. And he said that, like, you know, split it up into dose, I think, four unit doses through the day. But he said, like, when he took a lot of growth hormone, he just felt tired all the time. And he didn't get a lot well, from it. He was also it. eating a lot, right? Oh, he was, he was eating, eating a, a ton, too, right? Yeah. 
I think if you're if you're in a in a calorie deficit or whatever a calorie maintenance to slash deficit, you know, bodybuilding style, getting ready for prep, getting ready for a show. Yeah. And you're running that much, you feel like a million bucks. Uh, every vein is popping. You're full like in the way when you have a great pump in the gym, not like an over pump and and I can't even move myself and it's uncomfortable. Like a great pump every five minutes you want to go check yourself out in the mirror because you just get fuller and fuller it's i'm telling you in, in terms of like miracle compounds like this is one of those things when you're in contest shape or you're close to it you're in a slight deficit it's just amazing like you know what man i can't sing it's pretty well for you right i know like i'm gonna give you like a, this is a rare situation but uc suma mm -hmm. he got a prescription for it and um i can't remember how much we we're using but it was low low single digits and mm -hmm. and he literally like this particular farm grade growth he literally like just everything bloated up you couldn't see anything anymore like i couldn't tell are we losing fat i couldn't tell like how lean are you are you are you he just okay. like everything just like smoothed over he looked it was okay. it was the worst we ended up like i was like well okay let's cut that growth in half i was like well yeah. shit let's go down to a half a unit a day i was like you know what man well, what those what I was he prescribed I can't like remember what it was. Yeah, we were, but but he saved it. You know what I mean? Oh, and then we I ran gotcha. like three or four. It was like no more than three or four. And then we cut it in half and then we cut it in half again. And finally I was like, listen, I don't think we're going to be able to run this into the show. And we didn't, you know? Yeah. So, and, and obviously yeah, man, I'm not trying to say like, that's the normal, you know, that's obviously an extreme, no, no, no. you know what I mean? But that's both examples, your example and my example are both outlying. I think examples, I, I totally acknowledge that. Um, I, I think, yeah, in his case, GH is a compound he shouldn't use. In my case, GH is a compound I absolutely should use if I want to look like a bodybuilder on stage. We get the question. Uh, but I do. We get the question all the time, too, because this becomes the conversation. And then they people hit me up and they're like, hey, man, it'll be even clients of mine. They'll be like, hey, man, Andrew said that GH was like a game changer for him. How do I know if I if GH, if I'd be a good GH guy? So how did you know that you were a good GH guy? Well, I, I looked at my right testicle, turned it over. No, I mean, it's experimentation, <laughs> right? I mean, it's, yeah. it, I, I knew what, okay. The, I knew when I first started using generics at four units that, oh my gosh, like I looked dramatically bigger and leaner and fuller and just awesome. Yeah. And I was using generics. And, and even back then, John was like, those generics aren't doing anything like garbage, but you do look a lot better. Right. Yeah. Which, yeah. To me, it was, it was him because he was deathly against using generic growth hormone. And I, I think that's because he got burned on, on generics <laughs> at one point with some fake stuff, which so you can in do. His mind, he had, yeah. Yes, you can. Which he had completely shut his mind off to generic um, uh, growth hormone. Yeah. Now I continued to use growth hormone in the off season. I bumped it up to eight units, and I continued getting great effects from it uh, with yeah. the generics. Finally, I got some money. Yeah, Panagenos. I finally got some money as I started making some money about ten years ago, and I started using farm grade only. And you know, I could cut my doses down. I was using like four units a day in the off season, but then pre contest we'd bump it up to about eight, and. It, as soon as I bump it up to eight, let's say at 10 weeks out, there would be a dramatic effect in my physique. I would look like I put on 20 pounds of muscle. That might be an exaggeration, but 10 pounds of muscle. And I would continue to get leaner, continue getting leaner. Didn't have any effects on my blood sugar. Um, and I do use insulin as well. I mean, that's no secret, but um, it, it was just a golden drug for me. It was the, you know, and yeah. and then, you know, when I when I bumped it to, to 16, that one prep, that was because out of necessity, because I had... 
I was dieting myself like crazy. I, I had overdieted myself into beyond contest shape. I was like an Auschwitz, you know, prisoner type. Like that. And <laughs> yeah. like, and I, I reached out to John, like, yeah, you know, it, it, and that's why I think it's really hard, even for coaches to coach themselves. They need to have a trusted set of eyes. But I wanted to do this to try to show John, like, hey, I want to show him that I can get into his type of condition, like the this sure. type that he yeah. presents on stage, right? And yeah. I wanted him to be proud of me. And, you know, I sent him the pictures and he's like, holy smokes. He's like, yep, you got lean. He goes, you lost all your muscle, though. Uh, and I'm like, ah, shit. So we came up with a plan. <laughs> we, 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 we bumped the growth hormone. We we bumped the food. I had over dieted. And I went from like, what I say, two, like 242 to 256 in a matter of like four weeks, not losing an ounce of conditioning, completely yeah. dramatically re, like revitalized. Only looking better. And, just better and better every i mean every day i'd wake up in the morning and i'm like are you kidding me like this is me right now like and not to say that i think i'm like this great fucking bodybuilder but friggin bodybuilder but like the point is is like you know we all can get into that like oh my god these changes every morning are getting better and better and better mm -hmm. and and that's what i saw with growth hormone without losing any size and the answer to the question when people ask you or any of us that when they think, well, is, is that the difference? I saw it pop up in the comments of, you know, the difference between a, an amateur and a pro is a bottle of Sarastim a day. You're not going to, no one's going to mm. know that. And you don't need to pay a coach check if you're concerned or if it's going to be a nagging thing that's going to nag at you t as a what if then you do what the rest of us did before we became you know good coaches and it's an ex it's a game of experimentation we're not telling you to take 24 or 36 IU of farm grade growth but if you jump it up and you double what you had done before and you don't notice anything different in 3 to 4 weeks then you're probably not one of those yeah you know ridiculous responders that is going to all of a sudden alter your physique and look like somebody else in a year yeah yeah but you guys remember you remember that guy that i worked with who went from 200 to 280 in like nine months yeah so he is he is one of those he's a guy like you andrew that yeah he went you know, on four I tend to find and he did really good he's a tall lanky guy he went to yes, four and he did say. really good and then he he was like hey listen he, he, he had worked on his own for a while he's like hey listen i'd been using i think he was like on eight or ten units he was like and it just got better <laughs> yeah, I, I will say this. I do find it more in ectomorphs. Um, yeah, having a more that. dramatic effect on their physique. A guy who's an endomorph who like like a guy like um, like like uh, Derek or um, I'm trying or like even Phil Heath. Like we, we always comment all, all the time. Phil Heath off all gear and everything still looks full all the time. Right. Yeah. Like I sent you guys yeah. that picture of him doing a seminar where he's just standing there in a tank top. Obviously. He's five years post competition, but he still looks dramatically fuller, rounder, better than we will ever look then, in our yeah, lives. Yeah, no one mistakes him for a for not being a champion bodybuilder when he walks by in a t shirt, right? A tank top. You know what I mean? Whereas us, it's like, okay, the right day, the right time, the right situation. We hit our peak. Boom, you're a bodybuilder. Yeah, Scott Stevenson said, "Big A from professional muscle documented using twenty units a day for a bulk. Um, he also was eating everything he could get down and did not get fat. It's posted on the board." Wow. To, to that point, I was eating next to zero carbs, and we brought my carbs up to seven hundred grams a day, and I just got heavier and heavier, but I didn't put on any fat whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, I did hear that Dallas McCarver was using two bottles of Serostim a day at one point during, yeah. Um, um, yeah, during his uh, from a, from a pretty good source that would know. So, 
Yeah. For those, those, those just, wondering that. This comment, if, if I can throw this in right at the end, please, anybody listening, understand that the ramifications of doing long-term high-dose growth is incredibly dangerous on your heart, the size of your heart, the combination of study after study showing the combination of AAS and growth hormone, the impact that it has on the size of the heart is, is without question. So there, there's that. It's all, I mean, we, we talk sometimes where it's all, you know, it's fun and games and we laugh about it and everything else, but there's, there is obviously a downside. The downside is, is there's always, potential consequences that's a good point let me add i'm glad you brought i haven't that used up, any growth yeah. in six months like just on that point but some of that mm-hmm. consideration in my mind of my past ghus so yeah. yeah 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 i was concerned about it when i got my heart scan i did the stress test this past year and thankfully my heart still it's normal size everything is as it would be expected but you know if you've done that kind of stuff then you have to wonder hey what's it gonna look like when i do need to get that scan one day right yeah. All right. Listen. I'm going to die of a heart attack anyway. It's just not going to be from high dose growth. So I'll just throw that out. <laughs> I never ran it that high just because I'm too cheap. Like, that's literally what it came down to. Like, I, I'd have yeah. that kit in front of me and I'd be like, but if I did that, this kit's going to be gone in 10 days. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, I no. like what Andrew was saying about the ecto endo. I'm, I'm an endo. And it's funny because the vast majority of people would not think that that's the case. I wouldn't. You saw me at Swiss last year. <laughs> and it's, it's very. It's very obvious that I can put on fat very, very quickly. The only reason I'm ever lean and pulled in is because I diet like a pretty much what most people would consider prep dieting all the time in my older age because I, and I don't want anybody laughing at me and you control the, you control me in the comments, but I look younger when I'm leaner because when no. I am heavy and you combine that with old age, it is an incredibly unattractive. You think I'm unattractive now. It is incredibly unattractive. Take away the tan, it's even worse. I don't know how my wife sleeps with me. I think it's out of well, Wouldn't you also say that there is some kind of balance in terms of health when using whatever PEDs we're talking about and a very controlled diet, leaner, you're not carrying body fat, your internal organs don't have a lot of extra body fat carrying around them. I I really do think that there's a, I'm not going to say it's a one for one health trade off. Right. But like I I told you guys before, and I think you guys have said also doing labs sometimes two weeks before show when I would expect my jaw to drop when I see stuff and I'm like, Oh, okay. And I know my stuff's real. Yeah. I'm more like, okay, like that's off. That's off. Okay. But wow. Like that's not as bad as I thought it would. And I think it has to do with the cardiovascular and the clean eating. I I, I really think that that has a major effect. Hey, after I ran down, I go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm getting all excited. No, 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 no. Finish. No, no, go for I'm it. I'm sorry. I was just, I'm going to back up what you say because when I tore my glute and it was so close five weeks out from that show in 2020, and I had to go to the ER. They ran massive tests on me, pretty much everything but an MRI. And the MRI would have concluded what the problem was. But nonetheless, that's just the way it goes. They did my blood work, and the doctor came in, and he, he kind of laughed. He's like, I, I can't believe, because I told him, how bad is it? Ha, ha, ha. You know, tried to, I'm a laugh or cry kind of guy. And he said, he goes, I just, I can't believe it. Your blood work is actually really, I can't even believe that this is your blood work after I had to list. And I told the lady, she said, I need to know everything that you're on. She's standing there with a clipboard and I said, how much ink do you have in your pen? And I said it with a straight (laughs) face. And she goes, well, I hope I've got enough. And that's when she started writing everything down and about three or four, a handful of them in, she goes, is this 
per month or is it I'm like, no, <laughs> like month who who gives it, dosages it's always by the month i remember yeah. one so, time uh, i had a training client ask me what pds like like oh you guys take steroids for competition right she's like so what you just take like a pill every day or like a shot like a couple times a week i'm like oh no no and i started listing off all 14 compounds <laughs> that you could consider peds that i was on she's like yeah wait, you do that every day? And I'm like, every day or every other day. Yeah, like, and I feel great about it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, well, we appreciate you guys hanging here with us. If you have any questions, which we still, we had a bunch we didn't even get to. If you have any questions that you would like us to tackle, please comment below, plus comments and likes and all that stuff. It helps to boost our programming. And you guys are freaking awesome. We appreciate having you here. Um, and, uh, you know, if you want to reach out to one of us for coaching, hit us up. You can go to teamskip.com, reach out to skip, bodyberry.com, hit me up at mcnallydiets.com at gmail.com. And, um, you know, we'll uh, call today there, guys, for another episode of Blood, Sweat, and Gear. We will see you soon. And thanks, everybody, on the live stream. You guys are freaking awesome. See ya.